Jamie and I with you here on the Green Zone. Uh, Stevie Wonder last night, great tribute uh, last night with Tony Bennett in the In Memoriam uh, segment uh, with the Grammys and, of course, Sinead O'Connor, Burt Baccarat, lost some giants, including uh, Gordon Lightfoot. And uh, Tina Turner was uh, honored at the end of the In Memoriam last night at the Grammy Awards. But joining us now, our football go-to analyst is Belton Johnson, CFL, NFL, NCAA. He knows it all. Um, and uh, U10 SAS selects uh, over in Moose Jaw. But Belton, let's start off with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. What did you think when you heard the news from Justin Dunk that the Riders have agreed to terms with right tackle of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Jermarcus Hardrick, that by next Tuesday likely is wearing green and white? It's time to run the ball, and we got some men up front, Jamie. <laughs> we got some grown men up front, man. And, you know, uh, just with Hardrick, just with his experience, um, you know, the culture he's been used to, he's bringing that here to Saskatchewan. The man knows how to win, Jamie. He's seen it. He's been there. And that's what I'm an old lineman, Jamie. So I, this is like Christmas Day, man. <laughs> Well, I'm seeing I'm seeing where he's from. I'm trying to see where. Oh, Mississippi, Jamie! Come on, I've already done my homework, Jamie. <laughs> I knew I knew man. where he was from. He's from Northern Mississippi. <laughs> who Who else is from Northern Mississippi? Belton Johnson, the one and only, right here. Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> How far is Batesville from Coffeeville? Probably about a twenty minute drive. My mom goes there quite a bit. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's on the highway towards uh, Oxford, Mississippi, Highway Six. There. So you, you've you've driven through his home. You've been you've been in his hometown. I've been through it all through it, Jamie. I know Batesville very well. Got a lot of my old teammates are from Batesville, uh, Mississippi, as well. I can't wait uh, for you to. Do you, have you two met before? Or not? No, no, we haven't, Jamie. But I'm gonna tell you, he's from Mississippi. I'm from Mississippi, Baseville. I think we're gonna have to get together for a barbecue or something, Jamie. <laughs> do a cookout or something. <laughs> Got to get those old linemen fed so they can eat up defensive linemen all uh, year long. But yeah, that's exciting news for the offensive line of the Rough Riders as the CFL negotiation window opened up yesterday. And I know there's more news that will be coming this week ahead of CFL free agency next week. But it is Super Bowl week. It has arrived. Tonight is media night in Las Vegas. The teams arrived yesterday. So, Belton, let's get right to it. Who is Belton Johnson's early favorite on this Monday to win Super Bowl 58? And... I feel like a lot of people are going to pick the Niners, but I have to pick the Chiefs, Jamie. And the reason I have to pick the Chiefs is they've proven me wrong all playoffs here and everything. Every time I thought their offense would falter or, or mess up somewhere, it never happened. And I think the one thing that they really have going for them is their defense. And I don't know if you remember when they played the Ravens there, who was a sneak, just the – the awareness to hit the ball out of Zay Flowers' hand as he's trying to cross over to the end zone. 
that was a heck of a play, man. And I'm just thinking, you know, with that defense that they have, they I think they could do something, man. Because if you get Patrick Mahomes, he's Patrick Mahomes. I think he is. He's up there with Tom Brady and Joe Montana, Jamie. He's sitting right there at the throne with those guys. Yeah, if he wins his third Super Bowl in five years, there's no doubt he belongs in that conversation if he doesn't already. Uh, being at his fourth Super Bowl. He's at his fourth Super Bowl at the age of 28. That is unreal with what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do. And I would say on a team, probably the least talented, but now they've figured it out. They've figured out who they can rely on, like young Isaiah Pacheco, Rashi Rice, the receiver, Travis Kelsey, of course, you can always rely on him more so in the playoffs than in the regular season, but... It is. It's been interesting to see how the Chiefs built to this moment, and it is, Jamie. And you know, you, you threw out those big names like that. But what about a guy like Watson? I believe number eighty-four. He comes in the clutch sometimes uh, there and everything. And don't forget uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Like you know, it's all those parts and pieces that have gotten them to this. But again, that the one common thread. It's Mahomes and everything, just the way he can, uh, you know, run around the pocket or sometimes or get out the pocket. He, he's got it all. He's got the big arm. And you know what? If you're playing him a zone defense, he's going to pick your part right down the field. If you play man, look out for the deep one, Jamie. <laughs> okay. How does, how you're picking the Chiefs, but what do you see from the San Francisco 49ers? If if they were to win, who's the player that will be the MVP? Does it just have to be CMC Christian McCaffrey, or can it be someone else? I I think it has to be somebody on that defense, Jamie. I, it's and for me, the the best way to rattle a quarterback is that rush and everything. And I think the Forty ers that defense, they have to be intact. I, you know. Yes, they were down uh, their playoffs games and everything against the Packers and uh, against the uh, who else did they play? The Lions. They were down, right? Remember, mm-hmm. they were down at halftime, but they were able to come back and everything. I don't think that happens with a guy like Mahomes, and I think it's that four man rush up front. And I don't know if you recall, uh, let's say when the Broncos played the Panthers or. Or who else was it? Um, uh, the Patriots when they played uh, the Broncos with, when Peyton Manning was quarterback, or just the pressure that the, the front four is able to get to them. And you get, you know what? The 49ers, they got two great bookends, I think, Chase Young and uh, Bosa. So if they can keep their lanes, not allow Patrick Mahomes to get out and just rush from the middle. And they got to cover on the back end, man. They have the DBs. All of it has to be in sync. That's the way the 49ers going to win that game. As the Super Bowl week begins uh, in Las Vegas, could you imagine, Belton, being in Las Vegas right now? Did you try to negotiate with Robin to head down to Vegas for Super Bowl week? Yes, wouldn't let me go, Jesse. It's a no-go, especially with the three kids and the different activities. 
she looked at me like I was crazy, James. <laughs> yeah. Not a chance <laughs> that you're going down to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Um, but uh, overall, what are you expecting for the game? Is this going to be another, you know, with the Chiefs defense and the 49ers defense, a, a 17-13, 2017 type game? Or do you think we could be in store for 31-27, something like that? My final score is 28-25, Jamie. And I think... It seems like with most Super Bowls, you know, the first the first half it feels like everybody's trying to figure themselves out, right? Like everybody's trying not to make the mistakes and everything. So it starts off kind of slowest, right? But by the halftime, after any adjustments and everything or, you know, what the offense has seen, what the defense is now doing and playing, that's I think it'll really open up in the third and fourth quarter there. And that's again, that's why I got my final score twenty eight twenty five Chiefs. Okay, more importantly, Belton. Uh what is Belton Johnson's must have Super Bowl Sunday to be snacking on during the game? I'm so glad you brought this up, Jamie. I've been thinking about this all week, man, and you know, uh one of my buddies, uh John, he invited me to come over and everything and I gotta call him first to see what he's cooking or making or providing. Because once he decides that, actually, I think I'm gonna do some chicken wings, and I want to do them smoked. I want to put some jerk seasoning on them and smoke them, uh, air fry them to crisp the skin up a bit. And one of my things I like to do when I have jerk sometimes, Jamie is. Uh, incorporate a bit of uh, barbecue sauce, whether it's homemade or you know, uh, baby sweet baby rays or something. Incorporate that that sweet. You got that spice. You got the smoke flavor. Chicken wings are my ultimate go to when it comes to uh, Super Bowls and everything because they are. I'm telling. You, sometimes I bite my fingers every now and then, but <laughs> that's my go to, David. Chicken wings, man. I was thinking, did he just invite you over for what you're going to bring? Like <laughs> he probably did. If I invite Belton, we're get, we're eating good. I don't know that much. I know better than that because it, I, I get to watch football with Belton every week during the CFL season, and it is a blast. Uh, even even when things aren't going well, uh, both Belton and I get can get a little animated when uh, watching some football. There's no doubt about it. But Belton, enjoy uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, fi- uh, finally, uh, let's let's head over to the prop bets here. Uh, how many times will Taylor Swift be shown from kickoff to the end of the game? Five and a half is the line, over or under. What do you think? Fifteen. Fifteen <laughs> times. Fifteen times, Jamie. From the kickoff <laughs> hey, to the end oh, of the game? Yes, Jamie. Yes. Think she just don't she got a new album coming out too and everything right? Yes, she does. She's announced yeah. it last night. Yeah, and I'm sure the NFL maybe they want to invite her to a future Super Bowl or something. Jamie, fifteen <laughs> times. Oh my! So Belton is hammering the over on his swift appearances during the game for Super Bowl uh, Fifty Eight. Belton, enjoy the game. Hey, you have a good one there as well. Enjoy it, Jamie. That is Belton Johnson, our football analyst. Of course, he'll be back next Monday uh, to rehash. We'll see how close he gets on T-Swift 50. If they show her 15 times, people, football fans will be rioting in the street.
at least the football fans that keep texting the show, even though it's the highest-rated games in the divisional and the conference when Chiefs are on. Everything's been higher-rated for the Chiefs all season. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I with the Year of the Green Zone on this Monday. Super Bowl week is underway before a media night with the teams. It's Roger Goodell's Super Bowl briefing, as uh, they call it. He's breaking news. Uh, there is a ga- regular season game, Sa- uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Friday, September 6th. The Eagles will be hosting that game. Also, he says the NFL has to use technology wherever they can to try to improve officiating. Please don't mean that to be like you're reviewing a bunch of stuff during the game. Like, please. NFL games are starting to get long enough here. We're looking at three to three and a half hours. Mm, Don't like it. So uh, more coming out of Roger Goodell. It's happening like right now. Uh, with his news conference. So any other news that he passes along? Oh, and he was also asked about Taylor Swift's influence on the National Football League. So it's not just me. Everybody else is curious. I'm Jamie Nye. This is the Green Zone. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. And possibility of snow flying around in some portions of the province overnight into uh, tomorrow, as always. Uh, check out the highway hotline wherever you're headed around the province of Saskatchewan this winter and might have some more uh, rain or snow uh, later in the week as well. Well, the Calgary Flames made some noise going into the All-Star break. Elias Lindholm going to the uh, Vancouver Canucks on a huge haul for the Flames. But what more is coming Calgary's way? For that, we go to uh, Calgary. Pat Steinberg joining us from Sportsnet 960, the fan, of course, the host of Flames Talk. But also, Pat is a contributor at CFL.ca, writes the Monday morning quarterback uh, over there at CFL.ca each and every week with the CFL negotiating window opening. Jamarcus Harder coming to Saskatchewan. Darius Pickett uh, to Ottawa are the reports. Uh, Pat, one of the Calgary Stampeders, going to jump into the pool in CFL free agency. I think they're going to. I think they're going to be busy. I, I think. I think Sask and Calgary are the two West Division teams that I think are going to be the most active. Um, you know, and, and from a Calgary perspective, that's not usually how, especially under John Huffnagle, that's that's not how they've gone about their business. Now, uh, with Dave Dickinson at the helm of football operations, now maybe it is a little bit different. But you know, even going back to when GMs and team presidents were all in Nashville for meetings and, and uh, listening to Dave talk and say, like, "Hey, you know, they, they they had a bad season last year. Yeah, they made the playoffs. They extended their run to 19 years or whatever it is, but." They had a bad season, and so they, they know they had a bad season. It's like, well, we can't always do the same things that we've done. So I'm, I'm, expecting, uh, I'm expecting them to look around at a few different spots. I, I'm curious if they target anybody at receiver. I'm curious if they do go after a quarterback. I, I think Calgary's going to be a busy team in free agency. And, and you know, I saw, I saw you put that tweet out there, I think it was yesterday, and, and there's no question that after the way the things have gone the last two years in Sask, you knew the riders were 
going to be busy. And I, I, I know that's a lot of cash, but that's a, like, that is a, that's a power shift move. Like not, as you mentioned, not only do you improve an offensive line that they targeted and tried to improve last year in free agency as well and kind of got, uh, it kind of got all messed up due to injury, but, um, now you go out, not only are you getting one of the best right tackles in the game, but you're also taking them from the number one rival. Like that, that is, uh, that's a big time move from the Riders. I, uh, I like that a lot. Yeah, Ryder fans should be a smiling ear to ear on that one with your Marcus Hardrick. Yoshi, as they call him, my son's favorite Mario character as well. So he'll approve that uh, signing uh, with your Marcus Hardrick. Uh, but Pat, real, I'm gonna, we're going to get to the Flames and Elias Handelman. But the news from Lanny McDonald, uh, shocking today. A cardiac incident at the Calgary airport on Sunday. Sounds like he's in hospital being treated well, but a scary moment for one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, when uh, I, I saw that, uh, I kind of got a notification that came across my phone earlier on this Monday, Jamie, and, and immediately I saw cardiac. The first two, the first four words I saw were cardiac incident, Lanny McDonald, and my, my heart dropped immediately because, you know, you fear the worst. And um, then you, you read it, it's okay, it's a note from Lanny. And uh, so you, you start to breathe a little bit easier, but. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that, that was, that was some scary news. And, uh, I, I can tell you having, and I think that, I think that people in Western Canada are aware of this. I mean, we're talking about a, a straight up prairie guy and, um, and, and I can't really, there, there are very few people that I can think of in, in, um, Canadian cities that are more kind of, iconically connected with that city than Lanny McDonald is here in Calgary. Like I, I, I would suggest even for people of, of a younger generation, that connection between Lanny McDonald and the flames, it's just automatic just because of the images of the 1989 cup and, and obviously the mustache. And then just how the, the, the thing that, that sets Lanny apart from so many other ambassadors is that, like this guy is not only like the number one alumni member that this this organization's ever had, but he he doesn't say no. He is at everything. It's a breakfast. It's a charity game. It's a speaking engagement. Like the the guy is an absolute legend here in in Calgary. And like I I don't know very many people that would be at that same level in any city. Like we're, we're talking Jerome McGinley probably doesn't get the same type of recognition in this city that Lanny McDonald does. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that everything is, it seems like it's going to be okay. And that he's under uh, really good care and that uh, they, they avoided something and he avoided uh, something that uh, could have been a whole lot worse. So that was, that was super stunning news this morning. I was obviously not expecting to get that at about 9:30 a.m. Pat Steinberg joining us, Sportsnet 960, the fan radio in Calgary, of course, from Flames Talk, uh, heard every afternoon in Calgary. But, Pat, let's get into it. Elias Lindholm going to the Vancouver Canucks, a monster trade for the Calgary Flames, but they're not done. Uh, how much work will Craig Conroy be doing over the next month ahead of the trade deadline to shake up the roster in Calgary? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be a busy next month here. So here we are on Feb five. So we're just a little less than a month out, a little more than a month out rather from the trade deadline. And and I think he is going to be a, a busy general manager. The Lindholm move was the the first shoe to drop, and I think that's a really that's that's probably the best way to describe it at this point is that there are there are three rather large decisions 
that we know are going to be made between now and the March 8th deadline. And then there's a couple of others that, like, it wouldn't surprise you if they might get made. So you've got, for instance, the, the Elias Lindholm one. And, and Lindholm, of all of Calgary's pending unrestricted free agents, they had three of them remaining, uh, Elias Lindholm, Chris Tanev, and Noah Hannafin. Uh, and, you know, basically since Craig Conroy took over as GM in May, he said, hey, if if you are going to be here as a pending UFA, that's great. We'll try to get something done. But if we can't get something done and it gets to the trade deadline, we will trade you. We can't run into a situation like we ran into a couple years prior when Johnny Gaudreau walked away for nothing. And so that has been kind of an organizational mandate, and it's put a hard deadline on Marge 8th. And of all the UFAs, Lindholm was the one that – seemed most clear was not going to sign the gap between team and player in terms of what a contract would look like just too much to to bridge especially as Lindholm's so-so season by his standards rolled on so that that was the one that it just felt like an inevitability at some point it was going to happen and then Jimmy they had a a disastrous six-game homestand their last six games were all played at the Scotiabank Saddledome they lost four of them. Two of them came in, in really frustrating fashion against St. Louis and Columbus. And, and I think what happened on that homestand, it was an underlining of, hey, this is what we need to do. I think Craig Conroy and his management group had left the door open for, hey, maybe you guys can convince us to go in a different direction. Then they come home with a chance to make a move up the standings in the Western Conference, and they, they really choke it up, and, and it goes the other way. And they, they lose four or six on home ice. And, and the, you know, one game they won was against 32nd ranked Chicago and they just barely beat them. And the other one they, they stole from Arizona in a game they probably shouldn't have won. It was a really unimpressive homestand. So that kind of started things. So Lindholm out the door. They got a huge return. I think it sets a blueprint. The, the smart money is probably on Chris Tanev being the next guy out the door. I think there's substantial interest in him around the league. I think you know, you're looking at a top 60 pick and maybe more in terms of what the Flames might get back for Tanev. I'm curious if Chris plays in all four of the games the Flames have on a road trip coming out of the All-Star break that starts uh, Tuesday in Boston. Like, A, does he get traded? B, is there something close enough that they feel like they have to sit him out for precautionary reasons, just so that they can make sure there's no injury. I'm curious if we see that on this road trip coming up as well. And then there's Hannafin. Hannafin is the guy that I think they're most intent still on bringing back and signing to a long-term extension, but no one's got to sign the deal. And there's been a deal on the table now since like early October or earlier, and, and that deal still hasn't been signed. And so that is the third one that needs to get figured out, and probably because there is a desire for him to be dealt, that that's probably the last one that ends up getting determined because you want to wait as long as you can to see if Noah's going to make the decision that the team would like. But don't, then there's Jacob Markstrom, Tan Vladar in net. There's been talk about maybe another player or two that could be entered into trade conversations. So long answer, but yeah, Jamie, I, I, I think it is the first of what is going to be multiple moves, and I think Craig Conroy is going to be one of the busier GMs here between now and March 8th. And, Pat, the other uh, move, of course, locally for here is in, in Saskatchewan, uh, Braden Pahal. Uh, he yeah. had the uh, Cup in Estevan with the Vegas Golden Knights. They pick him up off waivers from the Vegas Golden Knights. How much does that also signal bringing in a defenseman, a right-hand defenseman, that Chris Tanev is about to move out of town? 
It's funny. I li- you you uh, literally called 25 seconds after I hit stop with uh, Braden in a, in a pre-taped interview. We're going to play uh, a little bit later on today here on Flames Talk. And, and yeah, I, I think that was the first thing that came to my mind. That was the first thing I think that came to a lot of other minds is, hey, that's a right shot defenseman. Is this a little roster insurance for if, when Chris Tanev moved out? And I, I think that there is something to that. I also think it, it fits in with what the Flames are, are looking to do here. And, and what I mean by that is the Flames are, are going out of their way to get younger and, and to kind of give, not only get younger, but get young players into their roster. Like not just get picks, not just get 18, 19-year-old prospects who might be a few years away. They also want to start putting more 22, 23, 24-year-old players into higher leverage spots and, and really see uh, what it looks like with a younger NHL roster. And, and Pahal's a big part of that. Uh, 24 years old, you mentioned he's a right shot, which not only are they going to need if, when, can have gets moved, but they really don't have a lot of right shot defensemen in the organization aside from the guys that are playing in their top four defense, Tanev, Rasmus Anderson, and Mackenzie Weger. Otherwise, especially when they lost Nick D. Simone on waivers a couple of weeks ago, they're kind of short on right shots, so it also helps in that regard. I, I think Paul's going to get in and start playing right away. They had him paired at practice in Boston Monday morning with Oliver Shillington, so would not be a surprise if that's your third pair here for the next four or five games or longer. So I actually quite like the move. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who think there's a little bit more to what Pahal could be at the NHL level than maybe what we've seen in Vegas, where, you know, it's a deeper team. That's a team that is a very veteran group and, and a team that is convinced, uh, is, is, is focused on only winning hockey games, right? And so, you know, it, it was a little bit harder for him to be a regular on that Golden Knights team. But I, I think there's a little more opportunity right now and certainly even more opportunity if when some deals start getting made. So I, I actually quite like that pickup. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what Pahal might be as a member of the Flames and, and if he can kind of solidify a spot that has been in flux essentially since Nikita Zadorov was dealt and that is kind of the a third pair of defense. Now that Shillington's back, that helps, but the number six spot all year has kind of been a, a rotating door, and I wonder if Pahal can be the guy, especially knowing that he's a natural right shot, if, if he can kind of solidify the right side on that third pair. That is Pat Steinberg joining us. Sportsnet 960, the fan radio host of Flames Talk. Oh, yeah, there's way more to be done in Calgary as they will be sellers in the next month ahead of the NHL trade deadline. Champs and Chumps next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. You two are winners, big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best, and you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. You're a bad person. Each and every day, one champ and one chump on the green zone. The chump goes to Nikita Kucherov of the Tampa Bay Lightning at the NHL All-Star Weekend in the skills competition. He was one of the 12 superstars who were going head-to-head-to-head-to-head to head to head to head to head with his compatriots, and he showed zero will to be there. He got booed. He deserved it. He's a chump for his performance in the NHL skills competition. And the champ, or in this case, champs, goes to two nurses in the Calgary airport. 
The story from Lanny McDonald today. The NHL Hall of Famer owes his life to two quick-thinking nurses that were at the Calgary International Airport as he arrived from the All-Star Game. He had a cardiac event, and he says those two nurses heading to their own flights helped him when he was in distress, likely saved his life. Those are two champs. Of course, Lanny said they Nobody caught their names because of everything that was going on, but uh, he very much, as many people, uh, think, oh, you're in an airport, someone has distress, and two nurses come and help save Lanny McDonald's life. Yeah, they're the champs. 